Welcome to Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno. You'll want to grab your Bible and follow along, verse by verse, with Pastor John. Is meeting the different churches and Christians that are his loved ones. Verse 4. After looking up the disciples, finding more disciples, right? We stayed there seven days a week. And they kept telling Paul through the Spirit not to set foot in Jerusalem. When our days there were ended, we left and started on our journey, while they all, with wives and children, escorted us while we were out of the city. After kneeling down on the beach and praying, we said farewell to one another. Another goodbye, a goodbye with prayer. They kneel on the beach. I think prayer is a very intimate spiritual act. Do you know there are loved ones, there are even married couples, that they're not intimate enough to pray together. Because when you pray with someone, you bear your heart and your soul and you kind of give part of your spirit. And praying with someone is very deep and spiritual and meaningful. I think of the movie uh, War Room, War Room, and how the husband and wife, they had to learn how to pray together. Somebody had to start and they, the wife cleaned out the closet, right, and made it her prayer closet and sought the Lord and how God did miracles in their family. War room, you have to see it. The power of prayer and how intimate and how powerful and life-changing it could be. And when you say goodbye, say it with prayer. When you start a new journey, do it with prayer. Lord, where am I supposed to go? Lord, open up a door. I've moved here. Help me find Christians at work in my neighborhood. Help me find a church where I can plug into. Uh, Send a new spiritual family my way. And we pray and we seek the Lord. Verse 6. Then we went on aboard the ship and they returned home again. Verse 7. When we had finished the voyage from Tyre, we arrived to Ptolemais, and after greeting the brethren, we stayed with them for a day. On the next day we left and came to Caesarea and entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and we stayed with him, spiritual family to stay with, brothers and sisters in the Lord. Do you remember Philip? One of the seven. Remember the apostles said, uh, we can't run this food ministry. We got to focus on prayer and the word. And so they appointed seven food ministry directors. Remember powerful Stephen kind of got his start. And now Philip started in the food ministry. And now he's this incredible evangelist. He was one of the seven. And God uses us and calls us and molds us. You start out in one ministry and grow into something else. Verse 9. 
Now this man had four virgin daughters who were prophetesses, godly father with godly daughters. And they too have gifts of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy able to tell the future, to reveal God's will. I believe God wants you to plug into a church, to connect with the spiritual community, a Bible study, spiritual friends, friends you can pray with, right? Friends you can confide in and build deep, lasting relationships. You know, one reason we do the parties and the fellowships and the food and the going out, uh, I mean, because you could just go out to eat by yourself. You could just have a party at your house, right? But this is to connect with your spiritual family, to build relationships, to build a tie, someone that God sends your way and they are your spiritual brother and spiritual sister and you just have that niche and that connection, And so we're trying to build the spiritual family of God, which is deeper and lasting and powerful. Complete your mission despite warnings. Verse 10. And we were staying there for some days. A prophet named Agabus came down from Judea. This is the region surrounding Jerusalem. This is where the Jews are headquartered, right? Uh, Judaism, the Sanhedrin, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the priesthood. This is the power base of the Jewish religion. And now we have a Christian coming down from this region, and he has the gift of prophecy. He can tell the future. Verse 11, And coming to us, he took Paul's belt, and bound his own feet and hands and said, This is what the Holy Spirit says. In this way, the Jews at Jerusalem will bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. So let me help interpret his prophecy from the Holy Spirit. Do you see this belt? It belongs to the Apostle Paul. And you see how I'm tying my hands and feet with it? You're going to get tied up. They're going to arrest you and incarcerate you. These Jews in Jerusalem. It is the power base. It is the priest. It's the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court, that uh, put Jesus. They arrested Jesus. They put him on trials, and they killed him. This is going to happen to you, Paul. They're going to arrest you, throw you in prison. They're going to put you on trial. They're going to try to destroy you and execute you. They're going to deliver you to the hands of the Gentiles. The prominent Gentiles of Jerusalem are the Romans. Do you remember? They delivered Jesus to the Romans, Pontius Pilate. He had Jesus sentenced to death. The Romans have the power. They run the show. They've occupied Jerusalem. They've conquered the nation. They run the law. They decide who dies, right? Thumbs up or thumbs down. And you're going to go into their hands. And I think he's insinuating you're going to be killed, martyred for the faith. Verse 12. When we had heard this, 
we as well as the local residents began begging him not to go up to Jerusalem. You can't go to Jerusalem. Turn away. Change your plans. But many times the Holy Spirit calls us to do things that are hard and scary. It's not always easy to follow the path of Christ. Do you remember Jesus? He had to go to Jerusalem. They're going to kill you, Jesus. No, don't go to Jerusalem. Uh, Was it Peter, the disciples? Don't go to Jerusalem. They're going to kill us there. They're going to kill you. This is crazy. And Jesus revealed to the disciples, I must go and die and be crucified. And Peter says, no, this is crazy. No, you will not do this. And Jesus had to rebuke Peter and say, the devil's using you, Peter. Don't you understand? This is my mission. This is my purpose. I must go to Jerusalem. I must go to the cross. Do you remember when they arrested Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Peter and the disciples tried to save Jesus. Quick, let's fight him. Let's, you know, cut off his ear. Quick, Peter, get your sword. We'll save Jesus. No, put the sword away. Jesus said, I must die. I must face the cross. And see, the same thing with Paul. He must face his destiny. And the disciples, they don't understand. Many times God will call you to do something that's hard. And those that love you and your spiritual friends, they won't understand your calling and your mission and what you're supposed to do. Do you see that? They'll fight you. They'll discourage you. Verse 13, then Paul answered, what are you doing weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm ready not only to be bound, but even to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm willing to give my all. I will hold nothing back. I will follow Christ wherever he leads. And if he wants my life, I'll give him my very life. Dedication. Commitment. Come what may, I will walk this path, right? Despite the fears and the threats and the warnings and the discouragement. Stay the course. Don't deviate from the path. Verse 14. And since he could not be persuaded, we fell silent, remarking the will of the Lord be done. Have you heard that before? I think of Jesus' Gethsemane prayer, right? He's praying the night before he dies on the cross, and he says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me, yet not my will but yours be done. He is struggling and agonizing over his path to the cross. And I believe in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus works through the pain and the suffering, and he determines at the Garden once and for all, I will face the cross. I will die for the sins of the world. The cross is settled in the Garden. And the next morning, he carries his cross and he dies for you and me. And in his struggling over the cross, 
He puts the Father's will above his own. That's hard. God's will before my will. I don't want to go this path. I don't want to go this direction. But I submit to the Father's will. His will above mine. Do you see it? Verse 15. After these days we got ready and started on our way up to Jerusalem. You always go up to Jerusalem. It's up on a mountain. A famous mountain range, Mount Moriah, where Abraham almost sacrificed his son Isaac until God stopped him. It's just a test. Don't harm the lad, you know. Now I see you're willing to give your everything. Famous mountaintop where Jerusalem was established, the Temple Mount. Famous Calvary. Mount Golgotha, the place of the skull, where Jesus dies for the sins of the world. Jerusalem is very significant. And my first journey, I went with Calvary Chapel pastors, and as we go the windy roads up to Jerusalem, up to the mountain, and I could see it, and I yelled out, you guys, it's Jerusalem! (laughs) And then we all run to the windows of the bus, and we see the famous stone, the ancient walls of Jerusalem that I walked on, you know. We saw the Temple Mount, the Wailing Wall, the Golden Mosque, the Dome of the Rock, the ancient city, the great arches and gateways of Jerusalem. So famous. One of the oldest cities in the world, still standing today. I crawled under Jerusalem through Hezekiah's tunnel and and the famous uh, pools, Pool of Bethesda, where Jesus did uh, a miracle and just the great things of Jerusalem. Verse 16, some of the disciples from Caesarea also came with us, taking us to uh, Manasson of Cyprus, a disciple of long standing with whom we were to lodge. Friends, family, a spiritual family that took care of them, that hosted them. You must complete your mission, even if it's dangerous or scary or fearful. Uh, We were putting our Mexico missions trip together, and church members and friends said, well, you know, pastor, it's not so safe in Mexico. You know, along the border, they've had those drug cartels. People get hurt, killed. The Mexican banditos at night, you know, what if your car breaks down? You know, even the police are corrupt and uh, they could take your money and throw you in jail for whatever reason. And are you sure you're supposed to go to Mexico? And what if something happens? (laughs) Strange culture. You're going to get sick from the water, you know, and you can have people that discourage you and make you afraid and, and you're hesitant. Am I really supposed to go on this missions trip? Am I supposed to do this journey for the Lord? But you complete your mission. The point of all this is to get back on track. You know, our little Verdi church, Calvary Chapel Verdi, is right on the train tracks. 
And can I tell you, every service, the train comes through, and because there's a crossing, he toots his horns, and they're loud. And they're in every message I do. <laughs> and I stop, and I wait. He goes, Arr, and I'm like, okay, here you're coming, you win. I don't even compete. <laughs> but it's a reminder. Stay on track. That powerful train. I've ridden the Amtrak up and down America, the powerful train. And it must stay on track. And it's a narrow track, right? The little parallel metal rails. You don't want to get off track. If you derail, you're in trouble, right? You're going to crash and burn and you may die. Uh, we have a church member. He works for the railroads, and I think he's a brakeman, and he works on the trains, moving the trains. you got to stay on track, the straight and the narrow path, and you don't deviate from the track to the left or to the right, or you're in trouble, right? You're going to flip that train. You're going to derail, and you're going to crash and burn. It's like many lives, many people have derailed their lives. They have crashed and burned. They have fallen into sin and addictions and vices and evils, and the devil has burned them. Their life has crashed, and they're left in ashes and rubble. But I have good news. Jesus has come to put you back on track. Jesus has the power to restore you from any accident and any sin. And he could put the pieces back together and restore your life and fix the relationships and the scars and the hurts and the pains. And he can heal you, restore you, and he can make your life better than new and better than what you had before. Make you born again. How do you get back on track? You come to the cross, yes? They almost look like railroad ties, don't they? <laughs> you come to the powerful cross. And the spikes almost kind of look like the big spikes in the railroad ties, don't they? Isn't that bizarre? The powerful cross will get you on track. The blood of Jesus will wash away your sin and break the power of vices and addictions. The power of the cross can erase your past and make you a brand new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. Right? If any man is in Christ, you receive Jesus into your heart, into your soul. You confess your sin. You bow to him. You admit Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need a Savior. Save me. Change me. Fix me. Take my mess of a life and put it back together. I love movies. I was thinking of the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson. And he plays this father, Benjamin. It's our, our heroes, the patriots of the founding of our nation. And he plays Benjamin, who has given his loved ones in the war they've died. His sons have died. He's given everything he has to the cause, 
to gain independence for the United States of America. But after he loses his oldest son, Gabriel, he quits the cause. He's given up. He's left the course. And one of his uh, colony friends, one of the generals or colonels, whatever, comes over and he says, Benjamin, we need you back. We're about ready to win the war. We can win this whole thing. We're about to defeat the British. We can gain our independence. Don't quit now. We're so close. And he says to him, and I quote, stay the course. Kind of shocks him. Because his wife used to say that to him. Stay the course. Don't quit now. Get back on track. You're about to win. And you're ready to throw everything away. And he goes off in defeat. But I think he's haunted by the phrase, stay the course. And he comes back to the battle line. He joins his fellow soldiers riding his horse and he's carrying old glory and the old flag of the United States with the circle of the 13 colonies. It's waving in the wind and they're cheering and screaming because he's come back to the battle and he joins the soldiers to win the war and give birth to the nation, the United States of America. You must see the movie. It's inspiring. And I say to you, in the midst of a political year, stay the course. Christians say to me, our country's, oh, it's so messed up. You know, Jesus is coming back. We'll just give the U.S. to the devil. What's the use? Everything's changing the morals, the values. Uh, I've given up. And I say to you as a patriot, stay the course. For the United States of America, I pray that you are registered, that you vote, that you pray, that you pray for our nation, because I believe the battle states, Nevada, will choose the future of this nation. The battle states, because of the the electoral college, will decide the fate of our nation. And I say, stay the course for your people. I say, stay the course for your family. I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to walk out. Those kids, I can't take it anymore. And I say, stay the course. Oh, I'm ready to give up on the church and ministry. I don't want to serve the Lord. I've been hurt. Christians burn me. They look at me funny, whatever. And I say, don't throw it away. Stay the course. Get back on track. Serve the Lord. Don't throw it all away. God is about to do something great. Don't give up on yourself. You just need some of God's grace and forgiveness and the power of his Holy Spirit. You just need to come back to the cross. You just need to open a Bible again and be inspired by the Holy Word of God. Get back up. Get back on. Stay the course. Do it for Christ. I close with the famous hymn, Wherever He Leads. It may be through the shadows dim or over the stormy sea. I take my cross and follow him 
wherever he leadeth me. My heart, my life, my all I bring to Christ who loves me so. He is my master, Lord, and King. Wherever he leads, I'll go. Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, we follow you wherever you lead. Help us to get back up. Forgive us. Give us more grace, mercy, and love. Help us to brush ourselves off and be healed by your Spirit, to get back on the horse that has bucked us off, to get back in the relationship that has scarred us so. We trust you. We seek you. We serve you. May we join your church again and the ministry that you have called us. May we be faithful. May we serve you. May we face Jerusalem. May we go wherever you lead. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for supporting Verse by Verse, the teaching ministry of Pastor John Reed from Calvary Chapel, Northwest Reno at 246 Courtney Lane, Reno, Nevada, 89523. Our phone number is 775-746-4567 and our webpage is calvaryreno.com. You're always welcome to join our services.